Josh here, as let's be blunt with my fellow here with Josh Crosley, who is the president, CEO, and founder of CC CSC Events. CSC Events, which is Cannabis Science Conference. Conference Events. And we're right here in Baltimore. Do me a favor, explain to me why your conference is so much different than all the others that are trying to perpetrate across the country. Sure. So really, you know, my background before I got into cannabis was in staffing and recruiting for the analytical science industry. So for, you know, instrument providers that made instruments for testing or extractions, not necessarily cannabis at that time. Um, but then in 2015, I started to get more involved with the industry. I've been uh, at that point, probably a unknowingly self-medicating patient for many, many years um, for things like anxiety and PTSD from car accidents and other things. Um, so I wanted to get more involved, but obviously being here on the East Coast, going back to 2015, it was like felt like so far removed from everything that was happening out West. So I just started to travel to a couple of the different events that were going on. And, um, you know, there were some really good ones out there, but really all I saw was conferences that focused on the general business of cannabis. And there really wasn't a platform for researchers and educators and, you know, providers to come and share their research and their data from places like Israel and all over the world where research is actually being done. Um, because, you know, for these individuals that are working tirelessly to, to make these efforts, do they really want to come and present all this work at a business show where how far is it going to go? So, like I said, many were doing a great job, but we really wanted to come on and create a platform that highlighted these, these individuals. And really, you know, we focus on the analytical science, which is the testing, extractions, research, medical cannabis topics like roots administration, um, different topics in cannabis, like for cancer, for pets, for children, for geriatrics. Are you disappointed, though, that in the last couple of years, I and mean, we've been together, we have worked together in four, four years. Yeah. And yeah. over this four-year period of time, I'm a little disappointed that the science that is literally being articulated, that's literally being explained and given out, handed to people, isn't reverberating the way it should be throughout this industry. I mean, absolutely. And like one of the, the, the things to point out there is we're still seeing this huge uh, thing with everybody wants the highest THC content and all their products. And they think that's, you know, what's the best. But, you know, as, as you know, Montel, different, different conditions call for different cannabinoid profiles. And that's, you know, one of the things for us is that the testing still isn't standardized. So, you know, we've been doing this all this time and we're trying to play our part, but, you know, it's, it's political a lot of it. So we're really trying to see that happen because until that happens, you have a situation where you can set a product to multiple labs and get multiple results. And, right. You know, in some states, uh, facilities and uh, producers can actually shop their lab results. So you can send, you know, your sample to four or five different labs and nine out of 10 times, the one that'll give them the highest THC sample is the one that they'll go with. So it's like in Maryland, for instance, it's hard for some patients to actually find quality CBD products in dispensaries. So we're seeing patients are coming to get their THC products from dispensaries, but then they're going to, you know, the grocery store, the corner market. Now mm -hmm. we're seeing these, these hemp uh, CBD companies pop up everywhere. And, um, you know, I think that we might see a change there because I know the FDA just put out a statement that they're planning to send out some warning letters to some of these, you know, hemp CBD pro products that are making erroneous medical claims right. about their, uh, their products. And I, I'm traveling all over the country that I've seen billboards in places like Tennessee, Kentucky, and in Florida making claims that I just understand. I can't understand how they even think they're going to get away with this, but they've been doing it. Does this upset you? It really does upset me because I feel, and you know, we run with the very analytical, scientific medical circles, and, and our platform is all about bridging the gap. So, you know, it's great going to the business shows and the general shows, but you can feel like you're preaching to the choir sometimes. Sure. I like to change mine. 
you know, bring people in that are not sure or against it and let them hear stories like how you passionately share your story when you speak for us and how patients like pediatric patients like Riley uh, and really, you know, the anecdotal evidence that we have mountains and mountains and mountains sure. of. Um, but yeah, like I said, I like to, to change minds. And when you run in these, you know, scientific and medical circles, you have to be intellectually honest or you will not be respected. So I don't go around saying, oh, cannabis cures cancer or cannabis heals this. Do I think there's a lot of potential for us to get there if we can get the research together and get this off schedule one? Absolutely. But I can I say that cannabis is 100% helping people deal with conditions and symptoms of things like MS and cancer and chemotherapy and treatments and other things. Anxiety Absolutely. Goes on, on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and what do you see in CSC's future in the next year? So, yeah, we're, we're just going to continue to grow. Uh, for me, this year was really full circle because, you know, like you, I'm a Baltimore boy, born and raised. And when we created this platform in 2015, as we said before, the markets here were just not uh, really coming together. But, you know, in the past couple of years, we've seen Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. So we knew we've been doing this in Portland, but we knew for about probably the last year we were taking this back East Coast. And for me, we work very closely with the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission. We had some speakers uh, Joy Strand, who's the executive director, spoke at our show in Oregon, and she had such a great time. And she's like, you have to bring this back to Baltimore. So as you know, having the blessing and support of the body that runs the program, sure. that never hurts anybody. Um, but it's full circle because it's my home. And I'm, you know, I part of me was like, I wish I could have launched this year for my community, but I'm almost prouder to bring something that is internationally recognized back home to the community. So, especially after you've worked out a little bit. Absolutely. absolutely. And, you know, we just continue to grow and you know, we'll be back in Portland again for September for our flagship show. So I, I always tell people this this Baltimore Spring Show is as well as, not instead of. Uh, so we're continuing to grow. We're looking at international markets. Um, you know, I don't know that anything else in the U.S. really is in the, the wheel book right now. I'm not saying it's out of the question. We're kind of looking more in the U.S. because outside the U.S. because the, the market here. It's a little saturated, as I'm sure you know. You've you a lot but of there's still areas in this country, sure. from Tennessee to Kentucky to all of the South and the, the Southeast that definitely yeah. has that. Well, I'd love to see maybe we team up and do some of these uh, little um, mobile events and reach Absolutely. some of these people, and even like the southern states and places where they need this the most. I have people reaching out to me from places like South Carolina, from Georgia, from Tennessee, from Kentucky, all over the country, actually asking questions about why can't we get valid information. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I got to give you kudos because uh, I know that you have been to every single state that's been doing anything legislation wise or talking about it. And, you know, we even had one speaker uh, that, that worked with us that heard you say that in 2017. And she's like, I bet he's not been to every state. I bet he's not been to little Delaware. And she checked in with the Delaware people. and They're like, oh, yeah, Montel was here, you know, and he was, you know, speaking his mind. So I think that's amazing. And, you know, I, I just want to let you know that I always. Uh, value the relationship we have with you and your camp and I always tell people when I'm doing media interviews that you really were one of if not the original you know big name celebrity advocates and influencers that put their name and their brand behind this at a time where it wasn't wasn't, wasn't cool and acceptable and, and a smart business decision so I think a lot of people see that and a lot of people look up to you and I know people here today are, are so excited Oh, to hear from you, yeah. Well, you know, this is, this is a show that we're calling Let's Be Blunt. So let's be blunt for a second. What do you want to see this industry change in the next year? 
So one of the things that's alarming to me is, and we've seen this in Oregon over the years when we were there, is we see states that start off as medical and then they bring on recreational, which I'm okay with. But they promise up and down, swear on their mothers that they'll never, the recreation will never affect the medical program. And we're, then that's not the case. And we're seeing in all these states out west where that is happening and the medical programs are almost being absolved. Um, one thing I always say is I'm for this nationally and federally and access for everyone. But if recreational means that we lose medical, I'm not for that. I'd rather see this medical on a national level for everyone that's patients. Um, you know, if it's regulated like alcohol, we work with pediatric children. How would these sick children have access to this if it's, and it's not like alcohol. Recent article just came out saying that contrary to what the major beliefs are in this green rush, that recreation will outsurpass medicine. They're claiming that right now unequivocally that medical cannabis will hit probably $22 billion by 2022. Yep. Where recreation will have just hit 13 to 15 billion. Yeah. Medical is going to outpace because you have an aging population Absolutely. that has the most disposable income that already has been preyed upon by the pharmaceutical industry. Most most people over the age of 60, 65 are taking anywhere from five to ten different medications. At least that at least some of those can be you know, bypassed by using cannabis. And so we're going to see the resurgence of a medical community and a medical push. That's what we're fighting for. smack this industry outside head. Absolutely. And that's what we're fighting for. And like I said, I don't want to misspeak and let anyone think that I'm not all for adult use and access. I think this is a plant that is safe enough as an alternative to illicit drug use or alcohol or even tobacco. But this is a medicine. And, you know, I always I always remember back to to the 90s in California, where you look at advocates like Dennis Perone, who we recently lost in the past year um, with the HIV and AIDS epidemic. They made this happen in the 90s. And, you know, I, I think everyone wants to make money. And I know everyone wants to be successful. But we I just try to always say, let's not leave the patients behind. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monta. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. That's a little bit more.